0: And it was a much-needed win, especially in a game where they were leading by 13 at some point. And then last night's game was a pure representation
1: of when you just don't have it. That's, why, that's what's wrong with the New York Knicks about this.
2: It. It's how the Knicks have been playing. Like I said, second in points, second in field goal percentage again. Three points. You got to question yourself. And, and this game showed every aspect of it. By ISO. We have the, we, the the bench scoring has has has
0: disappeared. Boy, Nickabaca and I'll be I'll be hosting around today. So Steve wants to you know he wants to lean back today. Um, he's a little tied up, and you know I, I haven't ducked into his, you know this computer chair right now.
3: This the Nickabaca Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show.
0: Welcome everybody to another to another episode of the Nickabaca F Fan Forum. I'm your boy, the Nick Sources of the Streets, Nickbacker Avenue. Um, this is a special trade deadline edition of the, of, of the Nickelbacker Half Fan Forum as um, the NBA trade deadline is slowly approaching. We are now down to about the last 19, 18, 19 hours. And um, finally, some, some moves to talk about around the NBA. Kyrie Irving has found a new home. Russell Westbrook has found a new home. And the Knicks are still at the same position that they are um, as we were last week. Nine two nine four seven seven four one seven one is the number to call if you want to chime in, if you want to give your your two cents, if you want to have a discussion. Um, we're going to talk about the New York Knicks and and, um, and you know of course the victory um, last night against um, the Orlando Magic. You know tough gritty win. Um, can't say very you know, too much about it, but um, real quick, let's give a let's give a shout out to you know Ranger Proud in the rink. Um, great show. And Steve, I know that you're, I know that you're there, and um, I finally got a chance to listen to you, to you do the Azul Unfiltered, and wow, um, I love, I really love that show, and I wanna, I wanna hear more of these, and if you need somebody to, you know, to, you know, to come ride with you, brother, I'm down. But um, yeah, again, wait. 929-477-4171. Good evening, everyone. Steve, how are you, brother?
3: What's going on at Kabaka Avenue? Uh, I want to definitely get some of my two cents with this goat talk. There's nothing but goat talk all day on social media. Uh, even when I peek and look up at the sky, and it's just nothing but goat talk. I definitely would hope some of the stakeholders, including yourself, uh, weigh in on that, because I think we all kind of have an idea, but still... Bring that balanced perspective. Got Don with us. Coach Chris is with us. Nickabaka Av and yeah, and uh, I think the next Azula Unfiltered I may want to do. I was going to do it on Sunday, the Kyrie Irving situation, the trade, and I think he's really mis misrepresented in the media, and I might go in more on that. But I think I'm gonna wait till after the Super Bowl. But Nickabaka Av got Don with us. Got Coach Chris with us. You know, like you said, the Knicks, uh, games versus the Clippers, Sixers, and the Magic, and then um, trade deadline stuff and maybe throw throw in some goat talk, right? Uh, You lead the way, sir. I'll bring the guys on so you can introduce them. Dom, Coach Chris, say hello to Nickelbacker Advocates. Get it popping. Good
2: evening, Steven. Good evening, fellas. What's going on?
0: Gennardo DP on Twitter. How you doing, boss?
2: I'm good, fellas. Let's roll. Hey,
0: Coach Chris. <laughs> Coach Chris, how you doing, brother? Welcome back.
4: Thank you, guys. Thank you. Life's been crazy, but I, I had to make this my business to jump on tonight and be here with you guys.
2: It's an
0: honor. It's and, always an honor. Sure, and, and we surely, surely appreciate it. At, you know, every step of the way. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you all to you know of course listening to the show on on, on your in your Stitcher. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcast, so on and so forth. But let's get let's talk about the you, you, you know about our team real quick. Um, the New York Knicks, um, since last we spoke, had another overtime loss to a Los Angeles team. This time it was to the Clippers, um, a, a game in which I thought that we that we should have been able to you know to end pretty quickly. Um, but before that, we had the victory um, against Miami, and then a victory. At home against Philadelphia, and then we went on the road last night and took care of Orlando. And, and you know, right before we head to um, back to Philadelphia, to take on the Sixers. But um, you know, me personally, the in the victories, the Knicks have shown you know some real grit, some you know some real tough and, you know tough um, defense. Um, I'm really in, you know liking the grit that this team is showing. What I don't like. Is the utmost you know the, the over reliance that we have you know with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle mainly Jalen uh, Jalen Brunson, I mean this guy is a workhorse. Um, just being able to carry the team, you know, to get this team, you know, quick bucket down the stretch, no matter you know who the opponent is, no matter who's defending him, this guy is you know is just on a different level um, and. We are so very fortunate to have him on, on you know, on the board. Um, that Clippers game, I mean, that was a, you know, that was a tough one for me, uh, uh, you know, especially when Batoon hit that three-pointer at the buzzard, you know, to send the game to overtime, and then the Knicks just ran out of gas. Um, you know, there are going to be times, you know, when we're going to run out of gas, and especially with the way that, um, that um Thibodeau does play his players in, in the minutes distribution uh, and, and, and the kind of unique lineups that he's been going with. Definitely, um, definitely something to talk about. You, you know, especially with quickly, you know, getting a lot more heavier minutes, especially in crunch time. Um, is got it's got to be you know, you know, attributed to his hard work, um, and and his progression and just his his devotion, his dedication to defense. Um, I think I think that sometimes it doesn't get enough praise i mean you get it you get the praise here on this platform absolutely but um do we does he get it across the league i don't think so i i think that it it sometimes gets overlooked and it's something that, that you know that should be praised a lot more frequently but in the meantime dom what did you see what did you like talk to me
2: first of all if any of the minions would have said That eight-game stretch was a tough one, because seven of them were really hard, and even Orlando gave us some rubber. Most would have had us one and seven, two and six. It went five and three. So if you're not looking at sort of a big picture, and here's the best part of that five and three. Now, one of those teams were missing players. The knock we were getting earlier when we beat teams: oh, they're not at full strength. They didn't have speed. They didn't have ad. They didn't have coach. Every one of these teams were at full strength. And we still managed to win in our last two games. We did the nickname. Held both opponents to under 100 points. And we walked away with a win. Guys, we should have – I know it's an and to five But the only thing that aggravated me through that whole stretch was the Clippers game. That game was ours. The two should have never got that shot off. Somebody should have fouled. And – and, of course, some of these games with Alfred going two for 13, three for 11, 0 for six from three isn't helping us either. There's, there's some people, guys, that are grumbling, should quickly start over Barrett. People say, well, you know, it's kind of hard to do that now. You just gave him $30 million a year. Well, sometimes, sometimes gentlemen, you've got to do what's better for the team what's best for the team, and I'm not against it because I don't have, I always say this, man, you look at those games and you look at the winning streak we went on. A lot of those wins were without R.J. Barrett. You know, I'm I'm tired of hearing, you know, he's 22. He's 22, but he got four years in the league because efficiency has not gotten any better. Meanwhile, while his isn't getting any better, quickly's is. Again, guys, look at the eight-game stretch we just went through. Five and three. I'm not going to go pull up all the numbers out, but I can almost tell you probably in three to four of those games, quickly did better than Barrett, let alone his defense. You know, some of the youngins getting in their fields because of what Clyde said. You know, if Clyde was to talk, you know, oh, I think Steve is the best janitor the World Trade Center ever had. I would say, eh. But if Clyde's talking about somebody's defense, knowing Walt Frazier, knowing the history, one of the best defensive players ever in the NBA, let alone best guard defensively, that's coming from a serious core. You know, when Clyde talks defense, he got the gusto, and he's got the back end to talk defense. So if RJ and his little minions caught feelings, I'm sorry. You know, it is what it is. His defensive rating is not that good. So – I, I'm not gonna say is it time, guys. It's just something that may need to be looked at. This kid is playing ball, fellows. We got to give credit where credit is due. We kept saying play the kids. Now that the kids are playing and, and doing some shining, we we got to put our feelings aside. The, may the best man win. May the best man play. And whatever's gonna help us get better, that's what I'm for. You know. I guess we'll talk about the goat stuff later, but. That's all I got for now, guys. Five and three, man. That was, that was pretty damn impressive, if you ask me.
0: You know, absolutely. Um, um, the fact that you know a, a lot of a lot of Knicks detractors would say that we don't beat good teams. Well, if if you look at if you look at this at this eight game stretch, we did. We beat the Boston Celtics. We beat the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers we beat the Miami Heat you know we're beating quality teams now are we doing it in you know in convincing fashion i don't you know that that's neither high nor there because you know a win is a win no matter how you do it whether it's by 1 point or by 35 it makes no difference to me and it's and it's not like they're going to go back and, and say well the one time you played this team, you only beat them by six, but the next time they beat you by 14, and it's like, no, it's, it, it, you know, games are played the way they are played. So, Coach Chris, what do you take, what do you take from this eight-game stretch? What is, what is your biggest takeaway? And have you been paying attention to anything that Nick's Twitter has been putting out lately?
4: Well, first of all, I just want to say that it find it a complete travesty that Brunson is not in the All-Star game first thing out of my mind because hey amen i i can't think of too many other players that have been playing better than what he's been doing i mean he's pretty much been the catalyst behind a lot of these wins he's been playing defense well he's really running the team well he has a great understanding of what who needs the ball where when um i think he's been a great fit great addition to the team since he got there and to see somebody like – I don't even want to say, like, names, because, you know, if you you take somebody – if you want to put somebody on, you got to take somebody off. We won't get into all of that. But I just think it's a travesty that he's not there. Now, what I have been noticing is that the team does look more cohesive um, as a unit. They have been kind of looking better together. I guess, you know, it takes time for those teams to kind of gel, and and this is kind of that – those words kind of move, you know, speaking into existence. Um, They seem to be more of a team. Even the bench players. I don't know what's going on with Toppin. It's like the Monstars came and stole his game or something. It's just hard to explain what he's really going through. (laughs) I, I don't know if he's worried about the trade deadline, about getting moved. There's been a lot of talk about him getting moved being sent out to Utah, uh, other places that have it, had interest in him. Uh, I don't know if that's affecting him, but he really – he hasn't been himself. As far I, – I think the last time I was on here, I was dogging quickly because quickly wasn't playing well at that time. Beginning of the season, he just wasn't looking like himself. He's really turned it around. He's been getting a lot of the majority minutes in that fourth quarter. Um, he seems to be understanding his role a little bit better. And I got a little nervous because, yes, I did see on Twitter that other teams were reaching out to the Knicks for him. And I was like, nah, not now, not when he's playing well, leave him alone. You know, but I I feel like, I don't know if I said this last year, where I thought maybe he could be like that Jordan Clarkson kind of, um, you know, bench role player, that Lou Williams type of guy. Um, he, He really seems to be, getting into that understanding of what he needs to do. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about him gaining muscle and putting, you know, weight on because he was too small and I felt like he had lost a step, but he he might just be adjusting his game. Who knows, you know, when these guys are younger, they put on muscle, as they get older, they lose more weight because they want to, you know, that longevity issue. As far as RJ, you know, I had a concern. I never wanted to say it out loud. I had a concern because, you know, coming out of high school, he was that number one top-rated guy. And when we saw him in college, he looked like he just – you know, Zion stole the show in college. Cam Reddish was was a decent player. It just looked like he was on that plateau, like he hit his peak. And that's what I was afraid of was – have we seen the best of R.J. Barry? And I was I, – you know, I cut him some slack those first two years because we were playing him. I felt out of position at the shooting guard spot when I, I knew naturally he was a small forward. Um, when, when Grimes started to get more of those minutes, Grimes been balling. I felt like maybe this would be better for him to get back to that natural position for him. And people may think there's not much of a difference between a shooting guard and a small forward. There is a ton of difference. Um, but he just hasn't he hasn't reached that, and I don't know if he's still trying to figure things out. If he, you know, we went from him trying to be that guy when he first got there um, to Julius Randle being the guy, and then him being that supportive cast. And now that Brunson is there, now he's like that third player, and I don't know if he's comfortable with that, if he understands that. I mean, we we see a lot of guys all around the country in college and the NBA, that they have been good their whole life and they don't know how to be second fiddle. So I'm not sure if that's been an issue of his as of late. But I think I think we've been playing well. You know, I, I did. was very happy with, with the performance. Even against the Clippers game, even when we lost, I think we played well up until those last 10 minutes. Um, the Philly game, I think we really grinded that one out. That was a good win to see, especially because Philly was pretty confident going into to that game. They had been playing pretty well especially Embiid. Uh, I think this weekend's is going to tell a lot because we do have the 76ers coming back, and we have Utah, which everybody, you know, all for like a year and a half, everybody saying We want the Mitchell, and Mitchell, he's been on fire. So I think it's really going to be a good test as to what we can do.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Coach Chris. Now, Mr. Azul, I want to the, I wanna get your take on this. And I also would like to pose a question to you. About Nick's Twitter, which I know that you hate, but I really want—I really want to get your take on this because I want this, you know, this thing kind of being put out in the open on this forum, to, so maybe we can silence some of these
4: haters. But
0: if you listen to Nick's Twitter, the biggest problem with this team is that we have to fire Coach Thibodeau and we have to free Cam Redis or play Cam Redis. Can you explain to me what is this whole plot love affair that this fan, this fan base has
3: with Cam I mean, right, I but don't well, understand it. But please tell me. But before I go, I would like to defer my turn. Let's bring on Mr. G. He's with us. Uh, the Bronx is in the building. Mr. G is back along with Coach Chris. Man, let let him get a crack at that, and I'll I'll tackle that after him, man. I know he's on time right, right, clock, right, man. Mr. Go. G. Yeah, what's up, y'all?
5: Good friend. Thanks for having me again, you know. Um, I'm not not too sure about the question. Um, this is about Cam, right? I know I just jumped on or whatever. I don't even yeah, really heard yeah. about Cam. Yeah. It, 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 if you listen
0: to Nick's Twitter, and if, if you ever spend more than five minutes on Nick's Twitter and you read the scrolls and you listen to the spaces, the two biggest problems with this team is that the fire Coach Sibido and that you have to play or free Cam Reddish? What is yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this hoopla love affair? What is this love affair with him? I mean, I I know I, I don't say he's a scrub. i mean, say, I mean he's a good, nice piece, but can
5: been winning yeah, without I, him? I, I I feel the same way. I don't know what's the big hype about him. Not as you said, not that he's a scrub or he sucks or anything. I don't see the big hype. When he did get his chances, he was like. Very inconsistent. He would come through a night for us and do his thing, and then he'll go two or three games without really putting up anything. And then when he lacks on the offensive side, he seemed, it seems to take away from his defense. And as far as the whole Tibbs thing, it's it just, it just it's it's just crazy how they, this team went from basically like the bottom – and he brought us to winning seasons, and all of a sudden everybody's talking about we got to trade him and get rid of him, fire him, whatever the case is. I, uh, I don't see the big thing on that, man. But everybody is entitled to their own opinions. I just don't fall into any of that.
0: All right, thank you very much, uh, Steve. You heard
4: from Mr. G. What's your take on it?
3: Sorry about that. You speaking to me? I'm sorry about that.
0: Yes, you're Steve, aren't you? Steve is in. Oh, oh, checking up I'm sorry
3: Steve is about that. All right, real quick. Anybody not speaking is mutual line. I was getting background noise. So uh, if you if you're not speaking, mutual line. Listen about Cam Reddish. The, the I, I understand why Nick's Twitter will react to Cam Reddish in the sense of what Dom has alluded. Shit. Even Coach Chris. like You watch him in college. You know the talent is there because. You watch a player move, you know, his versatility, his linkiness, his athleticism, the shooting, you know, he has the ability, but it's the motor, it's the drive. And the only thing I can't really speak on, and it's kind of like what any of my teams that I root for is I don't know what's going on in practice. You know, I don't want to – no, I got to get the Allen Iverson soundbite one day, man. Cause I don't. I really don't know because we don't know what's really going on in practice to the point of who's getting the minutes and why and all that other stuff. We just see the game for what it is, how they perform on the court. But so what, in, in, in in regards of Cam Reddish, in, in, outside of that Memphis opening night where he looked like the sixth man of the year and he could have gave him the award, like he's got to – remember, we talked about this. Like it's like every three weeks he showed up off the bench to the point where – management or coaching, I don't know the answer to. They just said, okay, we're going to let you ride. But to Dom's point, and he's actually, you know, he's definitely correct. If you're not going to play him, trade him. What's the point of having him sit? Like, you you can find a cheaper water boy or a guy who's going to carry your bags to the team bus or the team plane. Like, there's no point in having him if you're not going to play him. It's almost the same situation with Fournier, where Fournier is more of an insurance policy in the event R.J. Barrett gets hurt he slips into the uh, rotation off the bench. So by you know Cam Reddish, I don't know why they not. I'm, that's the answer. You got to ask Tom Thibodeau. You got to ask Leon Rose. Why like, why is he not playing? I don't know the answer. You know the talent is there, but we but like Mr. G has spoken to him. He when we watch these games, he doesn't show up every night off the bench. So that's part of it. But at the same time. Um, uh, we don't know what the what the deal is with the management behind him. So that's the frustrating part that Knicks fans are having with, and I, and I get that Nickabaka Av on 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 Cam Reddish. And as far as the Knicks games, got the Godfather with us by the way, Av. Uh, you know, bring him on after that. Um, listen, the uh, to me the Miami game and the Clipper game were like a wash. And the reason why I say it was a wash is because we could have lost the Miami game at the end when Tyler Hero missed that three-pointer in the corner. I thought the Knicks got away after, you know, blowing the lead late in the fourth quarter, where it was the opposite effect versus the Clippers where we were down in the second half most of that game. And the Knicks made, had a had a great fourth quarter, probably one of the best fourth quarters of the year. The problem is they did not secure the rebound, the defensive rebound. That was actually R.J. Barrett's fault which set up the Batoon three-pointer to tie that, you know, uh, to go into overtime. The Knicks could have stole that game, but they didn't secure the rebound. But to their credit, big win versus Philadelphia, because honestly, it have. And guys, I didn't think they were going to beat Philly, because I still had a little bit of the flashback of how they played poorly versus them on Christmas Day. Uh, the Knicks responded well. They they played. They came out slow. I thought the Knicks were going to get smoked. Like you saw me on Twitter. I was like, "Damn, we're going to get destroyed, man!" Like the Philadelphia came to play, but credit to Julius Randle. Um, and fast forward, uh, you know, Brunson. You know, like Coach Chris has said, Brunson. I don't know, this, this is no. Surprise a lot of us who watched Villanova in those years when they were winning national championships. This is no surprise. You follow him in high school. You follow him in college. You saw a little sense of what he was doing with the Dallas Mavericks. This is no surprise to guys like me, the guys who watch college basketball. This
0: is what he does.
3: And what he did against Orlando last night, closing the game, like I said, he's Batman. I mean, Julius Randle can have all-world games, but when it's late in the game, you put it in the, 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 the ball in Jalen Brunson's hand, he's going to close the game. And that's what he does. He's going to get to the free throw line. He's going to make his free throws. So that's kind of how I look at that. uh, Nick Abaka Ave on Cam Reddish and the Knicks over the last week. Pretty good, man. Knicks had some good wins, man. Um, they survived that Miami game, but they get, kind of gave it back to the Clippers. But big win versus the Sixers after being down 20 early on and coming back. man. I thought they were smoke, man. I, I'm, I'm actually – that's the best win for me with that Philly game. Uh, Godfather's with us if you want to bring them on. Of course, ladies and gentlemen,
0: please welcome the Godfather, Chris Miles. How you doing, brother? What's going on? The professor's
3: in the building. Well, he just He's left his dealing like calling that, Chris. <laughs> he just left us like that. That's foul, Chris. That's real foul. <laughs> That's, that, that,
0: that, I give him a I, I give him a great intro, and he just like ghosts me. That's kind of like crazy to me. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, 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 we'll bring him back. Back to the to the task at hand. So you know, so you know, we just talked about the Knicks. Now we have to kind of look at the at the NBA at large. You know, the trading deadline is just it's just under 18 hours um, from now, and you, you know, finally, so you know, over the last week, um, some moves have been made. The Brooklyn Nets finally made the move to to, to rid themselves. Of Kyrie Irving, and I know that Steve, you, you wanted to talk about how um, he and oh, perceived proceeds, and and, and um, the the reality is is that um, I think that Brooklyn is pretty much on that downward spiral to, to having to disassemble and discombobulate that team because it's just a matter of time till Kevin Durant is going to want out again. And even though he has his contract and he's obligated to Brooklyn, for, you know, for at least three, four more years, he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, cause some problems for that for that organization. How do you see that? Like, how do you see, how do you perceive that, like, you know, transpiring now that they finally made the move? Like, what's next for the Nets?
1: Okay. Um, first of all, good evening, Nick Abaka, Al, Ab, Azul, Dominic, Coach you. Chris. Mr. G, what's up, gentlemen? What's up, gentlemen? What's, what's up, up, bro? <sighs> Listen, um, I will get into that in a second, but this is a Nickelbacker Ave fan forum. I'll talk about can... in a minute. Okay, thank you. Now, this is what I do know. Jalen Brunson is going to be here for a long goddamn time, so start get him down as a knickerbocker. great now. Start doing it now. Start doing it now. Thank you. All right. Number two, we have bad ownership, and that's what's going to be fucked up about it. Let's. I'm gonna end it right there. Number three, let's go back to what you said about the net. Um, Kevin Durant will be be there for another two years, at least, because it costs too much for any other team to acquire him. And any other team that's, that will accommodate that, which would be, let me see, probably the Lakers, the Suns, uh, they're right off the top. Minnesota's quirky, so they could be in the mix, too, but he ain't going to go there. Um, Let me see. Atlanta's done. The the, the the cap is too much. That's about it. That's about it. Maybe the Clippers. I don't know what they have, but the truth of the matter is, this is his team. But you can't count on that either because he had a team one time that beat a seven that was beating three to one a seventy three oh, oh, I think it was two to one a seventy three team. A seventy-three win team in a regular season, and he fucked it up. And then once they once they fucked it up, and, and his team who fucked it up and lost to um, lost the, lost the goddamn playoff series. He went to the team that beat him. So you never know what the hell's going on here. What do I know? Nothing. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But I know right now, as currently constructed, with him there, if he buys in the way he's supposed to. They're a a better team than they were when Kyrie was there. That's my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. I'm talking about the Knicks here. I called it here because this is the New York Knickerbockers we're talking about. Now, we're not going to lose our coach, and if we do, they've made a mistake. This is a team that currently constructed is no better. Let's let's admit it. at, At their best game, at, at their, at, at their, oh my gosh, um, they're probably a fourth seed. Period. That's it. You know what? I gotta ask you guys a something. Fourth seed? Yes. Let me. I'm, I'm, I'm going into that. Hold on. Okay. Wait okay. Now. Okay. Mr. G, Coach Chris, Dominic, y'all ever seen a series called The The Wire? It's my favorite series of all time.
4: Absolutely. Awesome.
1: That Absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk. Okay. Preach. Were y'all, y'all die hard about that or just y'all you know, watch a few series? Or oh, no, no, no. Number, one. One. no. number oh, no. one. No, no. Oh, no. I watched, yeah. I watched, I
3: watched them all. I yeah. greatest, okay, the greatest, series,
2: okay. greatest series ever. Oh, man. Oh, I I said that again. Um, I'm 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 got to Dom, let say let let that. One more time for the
3: soundbite. Say that again. Hold on.
2: Greatest series ever. And let me just say this, Chris. That was the greatest thing ever on to you're, Exactly. You're talking to, me, you're talking to me and Steve here. The two That's right. series movie-watching junkies. <laughs> yes. I'll be greatest show something. ever. It's the greatest thing that ever appeared
1: on television. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hold on, Hold on it's Godfather.
2: You know why? You know why it was the greatest? Because they why never bent. They never bent. When they started showing... <laughs> Outside the drugs, and they started getting into the politics and oh, the dirtiness. They never bent. They just drove on. They, they put their head down and drove did. on. Nobody. Oh, you got them out the of raw. Oh,
1: it was absolutely. Oh no, I'm rolling with you. I'm. I'm rolling. No, no, me and you are rolling together. Hold up. We 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 down. Listen. Let me tell you something. There was um the very vi the, the very last season. It was about the homeless um. Well, it was actually about the newspaper, but it was about the homeless um, killings, which there were none. They're named McNulty that made them up. Right? And he got... Because because all the action that's been shut down by the commissioner, what happened was he made this shit up, and all of a sudden, everybody got involved. The, the police department, the mayor, um, the political staff, the friggin' um, everybody did. Everybody did, Right? Right. So... There was the part where this guy Mcnulty that made the shit up, he has he had a um, he had a he had a workmate named Kima, right? And she was about to pull out a whole lot of books and all all this research about how to catch this homeless dude,
3: and he saw
1: her and he went no I can't I can't let that happen because this is bullshit and he pulls her to side room. And he he explained to her that this was bullshit, that he had made it up, and that's why everybody was on the go. But it was killing her. So what happened was she went ahead and she told the commissioner or whoever, right, and they pulled McNulty in and it went from there. All right. Sometimes when I listen to the Knickerbocker-ass fan forum on the Bleed Blue show, I listen to y'all talk about the players. I listen to y'all talk about coaching decisions and the coach. I listen to y'all talk about certain plays that happened and certain things that developed and all of this. And I love there's – there's a lot of me as a New York Knickerbocker fan for over 50 fucking years that loves the fact that you guys are so involved with this. It's wonderful. It's love, man. I love the fact that you guys believe so deeply in the orange, blue, and white like you do. But you're always talking about what's on the court and not what's upstairs, which is fucking us up. Now, you did it last week, and I was happy. I listened to the show all the frigging time because I'm part of the Bleed Blue family, as you know. But the truth of the matter is, until you get rid of that motherfucker upstairs. And, by the way, this web dude and everybody else, they're a bunch of liars, and they have not really – come through for you who give a shit, okay? Until you get rid of them, we're going to have another team that competes. You can talk all, all you want to about how well we did in some games and how what kind of streak we're on and how our certain players are playing and, and competing. But the truth of the matter is they're not involved with this like you guys are. You're more involved than they are. You're better GMs than they are. You're better owners than they are. You guys give a fuck. You give a fuck more than they give a fuck. And that fucks me up. It fucks me up whenever I hear y'all talk about Bronson, um, 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 RJ, everybody. It doesn't matter because you're Knicks fans and you give a shit. But... Every fucking time you come on, you care, and it bothers me that they don't. And I'm always tripping about that. I'm always mad about that because I listen to you either live or the next day on the archives, and I go, God damn, don't they understand that they're getting fucked over by management? Players, I'm talking about y'all. I'm talking about you, Mr. Nickelbacker, Al, Dom, Steve. Coach Chris, (laughs) Mr. G, and definitely about myself, who's been standing here forever. This is fucked up. They're fucking us over. And we're talking about how well we're doing or not well we're doing. And I don't understand it. We're not at fault. We didn't do anything wrong. We just are a fucking slave to the fucking system of somebody that don't give a shit. Fuck more about this dog show and the Jason Liff, um, um, Timberlake concert and Beyonce coming over and all this stuff and the radio, which is not a problem since they're the sister crew, but they don't give a fuck about us. And I'm getting mad about that. And I'm sorry, did I say getting mad about that? I've been mad about that for maybe 45 years. It's sad. So what I want to do is two things before I get off this line and let y'all continue the show. I want to com- commend y'all for your loyalty, which is fantastic. Which is fantastic. It's fucking, you know, it's the kind of loyalty, <laughs> it's the kind of loyalty we had with with Bill Bradley the butcher and and and, Barnett, and Clyde and, and Fraser were here. Okay? And it, de- it and and, and it's a de- it, you know what? And and it, it it it's commendable because you guys ride or fucking die with your team, and I absolutely. Oh my god, I love you. I love that about y'all, but the truth of the matter is y'all are getting fucked from off top, and we got to get rid of that motherfucker. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what's going to take. I don't know if it's going to be a a um a fan wide coalition or a league wide coalition or what but we got to get these people moved because they're not helping you. They're fucking with your mental health. Okay? I just need to tell you all that right now. Cheering for nothing that's going to be changed under the current regime. It's sad. I saw that that, 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 uh, movie Nickelbacker had, The Orange and the Blue. Nickelbacker Abbott got fucking, (laughs) he got, he got jerseys hanging in his garage and shit, dying hard, waiting for them to fucking excel and making shit come true. And under the current regime, it's not going to happen because they're not involved like that. They don't give a shit. They care about their paychecks, which means they're fucking us. I need to tell y'all that. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry if it hurts you. I'm sorry about am I don't I'm sorry if it sounds like this. But the truth of the matter is, y'all are getting fucked by knickerbocker fucking regime upstairs. The ownership does not care about you guys. They don't give a fuck. And they're taking your money when you go to the games, they're taking your money when you when you pay for merch. They're taking your money whenever you goddamn come on the podcast and cheer. Whether you applaud or whatever, it's sad. And I'm fucking upset about that shit. Because I come on here every week and I listen to y'all. And you guys are earnest, loving, caring, goddamn devoted to what you do. And they don't listen to y'all. And they don't give a shit about y'all. They don't give a fuck. They don't fuck about your jerseys, your hats. Or whatever merch you bought, and they're just going, "Oh, well, as long as they buy it, we're, you know, that means they're, they're responding." We need more than response. We need a championship up there. We need another motherfucking couple of flags up that bitch right up there next to the fucking Ranger shit and and the goddamn Mary J. Blige flag that's up there. They keep fucking us. We're fans.
3: Back. I get it. I get it. I get hey, man, it. I get it. That's yeah. all
1: I wanted to say. I'm going to get the fuck it, off and let y'all do your thing. But I'm letting it, you know yeah, the shit's is, not yeah. right. Uh,
3: hey, listen, yeah, I, I, I can't even give you no pushback. Sorry.
1: After that. I, Ooh, I, sorry. Ooh, I, I, I had to do it. <laughs> excuse me. I get it. The, the Godfather had the fire tonight hey peace guy love you but
3: yeah. truth of the matter
1: is you're not getting loved in return and i and hey, i and i'm sad
3: hey, for that hey, hey, hey um hey,
1: godfather i mean you just
5: pulled
3: the <laughs> <laughs> <Christmas> <laughs> Godfather went the fuck in goddamn... Woo! Damn. He he, he exploded. <laughs> he just had a nuclear
0: holocaust all, all, all over the nigga back at farm right now. That's just, um, that was the Godfather. And, uh, and, and for those who, who still don't know what, what he was referring to in terms of the film, no, no, uh, Orange no, in he, the Blue...
3: You know what it is? You know, you know when the power surges in Manhattan, the city, you know, all, all, everything goes out, like all the lights. That, that Chris just pull all the lights, conned, he just conned the whole fucking city, man. All, all everything in Manhattan, sits black man. Right? I, I think the whole northeast
0: over. region, <laughs> the, the whole northeast region, just felt the wrath of the Godfather's power surge. It but is, it.
3: It.
0: let's let's try to that let's try to reel it back.
3: That might be the best it, thing it ever is. did on this. Period. It, it,
0: it definitely it definitely it's definitely up there. It is definitely up there. Um Dom, I I don't know how you're gonna follow that, but let's see if we go back to the um,
2: I just wanna say I just wanna say this. While while everything Godfather said is true, there there are certain things that me as a fan look for. And I'm seeing that. We we can say what we're not getting, what they're not doing, but I'm always into numbers. And you know what, prior to – since they brought up firing Thibodeau and not playing camp, prior to Thibodeau, we were 147 and 329. Made the playoffs this first year, slipped last year, and we're back in it this year. We we must – and I understand what Godfather's saying. I've been a Knicks fan as long as Godfather. But there are certain things that I could at least look at and say, hmm, When you look at this front office, I'm not giving them no get-out-of-jail-free card. The one good thing you could say about them is we haven't got beat on no deal yet. We didn't go into something saying, oh, we need this name, and we gave up a whole bunch of shit to get said thing. We haven't done that yet. Now, have they stood pat on making at least little moves? Yes. Yes. But they're not doing what we was used to seeing that put us further and further in the hole that Godfather's talking about. So where there's bad, there is some good. There is a little light, you know, so I'm not going to beat that horse. To, to the thing y'all was talking about before, and I'm going to get to this quick. Cam Reddish is a, a – I don't know what it is, guys. We got rid of Kevin Knox because of his motor, and then we get a guy with a motor like his. And everybody thinks for some strange reason, that this kid is the next George Gervin. But, see, this is what we're creating now with Knicks fans and social media. It's better to be on the other side because you can say, see, I told you, this is what we've always done. And they can stand on their mantra of unsuccess, but then flip it if we become successful. That's some bullshit fanism, people. And that's just me talking out loud. I don't buy into the shit on social media. Steve probably knows I will sling the biggest shots on Twitter because I'm a Knicks fan. I don't give a shit what you're thinking and and your narrative to put the Knicks down just so you can say, I told you so. See, we always do. No, I'm not that fan. I'm going to support my team if we win 40 games or 13 games. But that ain't how it works no more, guys. Social media, we had this conversation a million times. Gift, curse, more of a curse than it will ever be a gift again. I don't buy into that, guy. I see the little things that we are doing. And like I said, the big thing is Cam Reddish Fire Thibodeau. I just told you, 147 and 329 before we got Tom Thibodeau. And I'll leave it at that.
3: Hey, Amen.
0: Dom, while, while I still have you here, you know, the trade deadline – like I, like I mentioned, is less than 18 hours away. We haven't made any moves, but two big ones have, have already occurred. Kyrie Irving is no longer a Brooklyn Net. He's now in Dallas. And Russell Westbrook just moved from the Los Angeles Lakers to the Utah Jazz, pending possibly a buyout. With those two big, big names coming off the board like that, is there anything that the Knicks can do? Or they should be doing? And how is it that Danny Ainge can get fleeced the way he did this time? I mean, he, in, in a way, he kind of did. Like, he, he, he drew up the market for, for Donovan Mitchell against the Knicks. But when it came to helping the Lakers, he's willing, to, he's willing to, you know, just, you know, let a lot of things slide. Can you comment on that?
2: Yeah, but when, when you look at that, fellas, and you see what the Lakers actually got back, they, they didn't want D'Angelo Russell five minutes ago. But he's back. So I don't know if that was a big game-changing trade. It sounds good because it's the Lakers. Kyrie Irving, I'm like I'm like Godfather. The Nets are not in my wheelhouse, and you know what? You saw the handwriting with him. Remember, guys, it was only so many months ago where the Nets told him, "Go look for a team. We're not opting in. If you opt in, we got to we got to we got to adhere to your contract." So by him coming out at the last minute saying. You need to trade me because I'm not going to re-sign with y'all. The Nets knew that because they weren't going to re-sign him. So to me, that wasn't a big deal. And then again, that drama cycle guy, it ain't over yet either because he'll leave Dallas. He'll go somewhere else. Come on, fellas. We've seen this movie, what, one, two, three, going on four times now? Enough. Enough. He's the smartest guy on the planet. You know, he did two weeks at Duke. Smartest dude in the world. Let him have his way. Let him go to where he wants. I'm concerned with the Knicks. I'll say this and I'll stop. If the Knicks could at least pull off Cam Reddish and get Josh Hart, I'd be happy because all the other stuff is a bunch of rumors. And guess what? Everything you heard or hear, every trade deadline, who heard about uh, Hatchamora going to the Lakers? Nobody. Who heard about Kyrie Irving going to the Mavericks? Nobody. Who heard about this trade until the trade was actually done? With all of these woe bonds, nobody heard shit until these deals were over. So me, as a little guy, I just hope if the Knicks could get rid of Cam Reddish, maybe we could get Josh Hart. And I think, Steve, wasn't Josh Hart Brunson's teammate in college?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, first run. i yeah, know those little boys for could play that right there. now, fellas. But the, here's the question, Dom, I know i go back to Africa because I know we're running for time. But it, you could get these guys, but will Thibodeau play them? See, that's another the part, part, the other side of that question or the scenario. Like, I, I you think can get will play them,
2: Steve. I think, I think we have to figure out what happened yeah. with Cam Reddits. I think, first of all, the front office made a boo-boo. So instead of you admitting you made a boo-boo and trying to move him sooner, what was your goal? sit him so he don't get Mm -hmm. hurt and lose his value? I don't know because I've never seen this before. I'm not saying this guy deserves automatic minutes, but if you're looking for a wing that has a little bit of length and can get in somebody, whatever, you got him on the bench and you didn't use him. And I said this last week, if they don't trade him, guys, the gloves come off. The gloves are coming off. I I don't know what I would do. I might – I'm not going to say I won't support the team, but I think this will be one of the most aggravatingest things I've ever seen in my life. Not only did you give up a player, you gave up a pick to get him. You knew he would be over. His contract would be over this year. And then you sit him with all the injuries we've had. You sat him, and then you don't trade him? Uh, I don't know, fellas. I'll let y'all decipher it. Well, uh, um.
0: According to some other reports, I don't know how valid this is, Um, the reason Cam Reddish is being benched at this given time is because earlier in the season he went to Johnny Bryant or to uh, Rick Brunson or one of the assistant coaches and complained that Tom Thibodeau wasn't playing him the way that he felt that he should be played. And since then he's been benched. Now, I don't know how truthful that is. I don't know if – you know, if Tom is that kind of a dude that, you know, that will sit somebody, you know, in spite of, 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 of you know, a possibility of, of, of grooming a guy who can be, you know, a, an asset to this team. But that's the that's the rumor mill going on these days. Now, how but truthful F, that F, is, F, I don't ask, know. Let me
2: ask you guys. Let me ask this question, and I'll shut up. If what you're saying true. is true, F, and I'm not debating it, I saved the article by Ian Bagley. didn't say nobody's name. Sources close to. That was, the, that was the answer. No name, no right. nothing. But let me ask y'all this. If all of this is happening, you're in the front office, and you're watching it, and this is all on the coach, and you ain't got the balls to come down out that booth and say, hey, we need to play this kid because of who's the guilty party? Who works for who? That would,
0: that would be the front office. That would be Leon Rose and Scott Perry. That would fall definitely on the president and the general manager. I, I I I I don't disagree with you one second. So, and this is why I'm one of those I, I can't stand the the, you know, the fire Thibodeau, um, discussions because it, it they really just have no merit. It's it, it just seems like a bunch of angry little kids getting angry because it, throwing a tantrum because you know you can't play with your favorite toy. But l- let's move on, Coach Chris. Um, deals have been made. What do you think of them? Um, and what would you like to see the Knicks do if they do anything at all?
4: So, first, with this whole Kyrie situation, um, two things that pop out of my mind. One, we all know Jason Kidd is not putting up with his behavior. So that's why I think this will not be Kyrie's uh, last stop. I don't think he's going to retire as a Maverick. The second thing that comes up is that he and Luka are probably, and and Harden, are probably the guys that handle the ball the most. I still think it'll work out. Uh, I think they'll have a a good run. I just don't know for how long. As far as what the Knicks need to do, you know, reality is, damn, Mitchell Robinson can't stay on the damn court. And that's concerning for me because Jericho Sims and, and um, Hartenstein have really been playing a lot of minutes that they're not accustomed to playing. Um, neither one of them is a starting center in the NBA. So if we're going to make a move, we're going to have to make a move for a big. Because like I said, Obi Top is not playing up to par. Uh, you know, Defensively, we're getting killed. Like uh, like Steve brought up earlier, you know we're missing rebounds, crucial rebounds that could have ended the game. Um, so I do think we do need a big, a shot blocker, just somebody in the middle, clog the hole, grab the rebounds. Uh, it would it hurt to get one of those defensive specialist guys, just the guy that just comes out there and just is ready to lock down, especially in the East where you got all these wings. You got, you know, you got two guys in Boston. You got Harden in Philly. You know, you got Jimmy Butler down in Miami, Tyler Harrow down in Miami. You got all these guys that we're going to have to face at some point. Uh, We need a lockdown guy. You know, somebody that's going to do all the dirty work and doesn't worry about the stats and how he's going to look pretty at the end of the game and whether he's going to be on the back of uh, the New York Post. Now, what I do find interesting with this trade that came up today, with this whole Russell Westbrook, first of all, the Russell Westbrook slander and and ball that goes on around him, is completely disrespectful. This man's a Hall of Famer. Respect him, even if he he didn't, wasn't a fit well with the Lakers. That doesn't mean he's not a, a damn ball player. This man plays his ass off every minute. So, what I've been seeing in the last I don't know two hours is that he just got traded to Utah. Utah's planning on buying him out. This is going to be the biggest bidding war that we've seen in the past two or three years if this man gets bid out of his contract. I still think Westbrook has a lot of good minutes in him. Um, it would be interesting maybe if the Knicks could get, could get somebody like that, convince him to come off the bench. Uh, I think he'd be an asset to any team. Um, you know, it's We do need a lot of scoring. Russell Westbrook would not fit our shooting. We have some shooters you know, that are playing well, but I, I think we still need a little bit more scoring. Defensively, we still, we seem like we're cohesive, but like I said before, we need one guy to just lock down and shut down the other team's best player just for, just for two, three games out of a series, and I think we'll be in really good shape.
0: All right, well, with that being mentioned, let me follow up with that. Who do you have in mind, and who are you willing to
2: give up for
4: you know, I look at what Matisse Taibou was going through down in Philadelphia. I'm not understanding why he hasn't been able to get the minutes. Um, last year around this time, everybody was going crazy about his defensive deficiency and, you know, all of his ratings and things like that. The guy has been a defensive player since he was at the University of Washington. Uh, since Harden got there, since the uh, Maxie's kind of been playing well, and I think they picked up, what was it, um, they got Melton over there, the guy hasn't been able to touch the floor. I don't understand how a guy like that, who can affect the game in, in one true, real aspect, can't get on the floor. I just don't get it. Um, and even even where, you know, like a game like tonight, they're playing Boston. You're telling me you can't put him on Tatum or Brown and let him just lock down for – 20 minute stretches, 15 minute stretches. So I think maybe if we could get Taibo, he's not playing. Sure, Cam Reddish isn't playing. We're you know even trade, um maybe give up a second rounder if we have to. I'm not giving up any first for anybody right now. I think we need to we need to build some more stuff in the draft, but um you know, there's we need somebody like that. Like somebody like like what he's doing right now. You know, Jay Crowder's still out there. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't really give up too much for Jay Crowder. He's got a lot of miles on him. He's been playing a lot of years. He's kind of in that up in up in that age. So that'd be someone like that. Um, you know, somebody that, that's going to really just grind it out.
0: All right. Thank you very much. You know,
4: we're really pressing on
0: time, but Mr. G, you still with us? Give us a few, give us a few minutes, um, uh, and, and we'll go around for final thoughts.
5: All right, well, I could, I'm going to definitely agree with Dom on this. Like, if you're not going to use can for anything, that that's the only trade that I could see, like, really going down realistically, unless you have some other craziness going on, like um, my man just mentioned right now with the sixes and all that. But like Dom mentioned, if you're not going to use them, I don't got nothing against them, but if you're not going to use them, and you gave up, you know, um, a draft and another player for this man. Trade him off. Let's get something back for him. Hey, let's let's get somebody that you possibly gonna use. Cause as Steve said, who knows how that's gonna go down? I mean, you don't know if he's gonna get time or not. But if you ain't gonna play this man at all. Trade him off and let's trade him off for somebody that we could that that you possibly gonna use in there. Whether it be um, Josh Hart, Gary Trent Jr., or whatever. Like, Trent, you gotta, you gotta make a move, man. All right, Steve, you're quick. Let's put I try, a I try to, to make Talk. it short and simple because I know y'all said we're running on time here. So
0: yeah, yeah, and I, and I really appreciate you, brother. Steve, you wanna go right, start off with final thoughts. You wanna, you wanna lead us up oh, on this yeah, one?
3: Yeah. Let's uh... Yeah, I like that Gary Trent. Now, If, if the Raptors are really to offer him, I like that. You talk about more shooting. It doesn't get any better than yeah. that as far as optimizing that area. I, I like that a lot, uh, Mr. G, uh, if if they, if they wanted to deal him. And I, I'm not sure of the contract situation. It can't be that bad if it's Gary Trent. I know he got paid. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. with that one. I mean, sort of more shooting. If you're going to get it somebody, it's got to be somebody Different than what we already have, so he's kind of more exactly. of a, a, a more of a defensive guy that can't shoot. Hey, bring another Duke guy here. Who cares? You know, a Dookie for a Dookie, right? Um, <laughs> that uh, yeah. We got we have um we do I mean we're out of time, but at the same time, let's try to milk this out for another ten minutes. I don't think we're going to get cut off. I could be wrong. So let's go around for goat talk, man. Let's bring up that goat talk stuff. I mean, let's get some right. and then we'll go for fun. Yeah, either way. Well, and the well, well, is the winner, well, too. Well, I know he won't sing on this.
0: Well, you know he has like a lot more um, goat candidates, you know, than, than obviously that you or me, you or I see. But um, let's just say, let, 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 let's just go with the goat talk real quick. First of all, congratulations to LeBron James for becoming the all-time leading scorer, past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Great, mm-hmm. a, a, a wonderful feat guy deserves it, is definitely in the conversation. But then there is that one very key thing that you just cannot measure, and and you you almost can't even explain it as to why LeBron James is still not the greatest of all time. It's an X factor. I mean, you can run by the numbers, and yes, the all-time leading scorer, he's, he's like fourth in assists, he's like, I don't know, like sixth in rebounding, and he's up there in terms of all that. He's, he's won championships, he's been in the MVP a few times, finals MVP, what, what have you. The guy has a, a resume unlike no other. But he's got Michael Jordan. He, he, he has not done... What Michael Jordan has been able to accomplish in terms of the the impact on not just the game, but just how all of sports is being measured, and and the measuring stick stays in 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 the in the camp of Michael Jordan. Bill Russell has the most championships of all time. God rest his soul. He 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 passed earlier uh, um uh, sometime last year. Has ten or eleven championships. He's not considered the greatest of all time. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has held the scoring record for almost three decades. He's not considered the greatest ever. Will Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, David David Robinson, George the iceman German, Oscar Robinson, Wolf Frazier, Willis Reed, um, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, the fucking logo himself. When you, you can mention all these names but there's one that is synonymous and as iconic as Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And unfortunately for LeBron James, who will probably have all the records in the world, though obviously the Finals record is, is a huge deciding factor for most fans, but then there was that one thing that Michael did that LeBron, I am sorry, has never been able to do. Michael Jordan is the reason Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, and a couple of other guys like Reggie Miller and other Hall of Famers don't have an NBA championship ring. They have NCAA achievements. They have Olympic gold medals. They probably even have scoring titles, rebound titles, or even finals appearances. But there's that one thing that Mike is able to do to deny those great names from ever reaching the pinnacle of the NBA. LeBron James has, not been able, has never been that guy. Because since his, since his insertion into the NBA, how many different NBA champions have we had? How many dynasties have been built? How many of them have fallen apart? And how many of them have been rebuilt? And I'm sorry, the GOAT talk is still undisputed. For me and for a lot of guys in my generation, LeBron James, as great as he is, and he is great, will will always fall just a tad bit short from Michael
2: Jordan. Dom, you're next. I will say this. If, if we're going by points alone, kudos. But if we're going by points alone and errors, four, six, eight, 6, 8, Kareem would have 8,000 more points than he has right now. So, basically, he'd have 46,000 points, give or take. He might have got more, might have got less. Let's not forget, Kareem played four years of college. So, you take Kareem's four years of college, And just give him the minimum, let's even say 1,500 points a year. That's 6,000 points. So not saying LeBron would have never caught him. But, again, if we're going by just points, then he's the point leader. But let's not forget, guys, nobody was coming out of college a year, coming out of height, all of that good stuff. I'm not taking nothing away from LeBron. But – Jordan, even Jordan. How many years did Jordan do in college? How many points did he sacrifice in the NBA because he stood in college? There's always going to be that. The Jerry West's, the Oscar Robinson's. You know, Dom. these guys, Dom, would have, so- you know. A- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Dom, I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just got a, new, a note. The Portland Trail Blazers are trading Josh Hart for the Josh New York Hart. Knicks.
2: Yes, sir. They just got say Josh who Hart the traded. They didn't say who the Knicks traded, though. Cam uh, Reddish, the first rounder.
4: Who? Cam Reddish in a first rounder.
2: Did they? I just saw they traded him. I didn't see who they traded. But uh, again, let's let's end this on a happy note, guys. Everybody wins tonight. You got a deal, get Josh Hart. <laughs> They get Cam Reddish. I'm happy. My day is complete. I love it. We get a we get a versatile player who can do more than one thing. He's actually shooting this year better than he's ever shot before, over 50%. You know what? We 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 got, again, to Steve's point, hope he gets played. Let's hope this shit with Cam Reddish was a whatever, and we bring in a guy that's going to give us what he should give us, and now we can go back to a 10-man rotation. So on that note, we're running out of time. Jordan is still the GOAT. If you want to go by points, give it to LeBron, but it's not just about points, guys. I just broke it down. Kareem would have 40-something thousand points if he didn't stay in UCLA for four years. Outstanding. Uh,
0: The more you know. The more you know. Coach Chris, you you want to get on this?
4: Man, um, you know, this this talk is going to go on forever. To the to the end of time, are we going to base it on points? Are we going to base it on finals wins? Are we going to base it on all around skill and effect? If we're basing it on wins, Bill Russell doesn't get enough talk. If we're basing it on on points, Kareem, LeBron. If we're basing it on just just overall effect on the game, the global, you got to talk Jordan's. It's, it's going to be different reasons. People are going to go on and on forever. This is going to be that never-ending conversation. It's all about preference and what you take, what you value in a basketball player.
0: That's probably the most noble and like sembl- you know, the best answer I've heard in a while, Mister um, G.
5: Yeah, so I'm gonna make is this short and simple, simple. Uh, MJ. When you look at, you know, both sides of the f- floor finals, or it, it just points at MJ man, clutch. Yeah, uh, and of course you can mention other other folks, Kareem, and and the, you know, it's all opinionated. I uh, I assume, but uh, it's got to be MJ man, uh, as as they stated earlier. Uh, I'm not sure who it was, but. He he really stopped so many greats from winning anything. Not scoring titles or anything, but winning the finals. He, he really stopped that from happening. And you just don't see that. You don't see that no more. Not even from the king. I'll give wow. him his props and call him king for tonight. Well, he is the all-time scoring king at the, uh, uh, you know, yeah, officially.
4: Yeah, he, he got it. He got I it. He got the got
0: National it. Basketball Association, and you, you know, uh, um, you know, I, I can't take anything away from him in terms of that. But Steve, no, no, absolutely. Steve, please, please give us your take and 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 put an exclamation point for me, please.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with the way Coach Chris laid it out. Um, we could do the tail of the tape thing. Dom said it great as far as points and impact of wins. Um, If we're talking on a pro basketball level, overall impact globally on a pro level is Jordan. It's definitely Jordan. Uh, LeBron's number two for me. But, you know, that's how I look at it from just only the framework of pros only. If you're looking at it, high school, college, and pro, as as a conglomerate, is Kareem. That's how I lay. He was a great high school winner, of course, up in Manhattan, and then of course, then the um, you know going to UCLA and dominated. He had the number one shot of all time, the hook shot, the sky hook, and couldn't stop it. Uh, but if you look at it from that perspective, in my opinion, uh, every level is Kareem. But if you're looking at global impact, clutch moments. Uh, I'm just pro, just pro level only is is Jordan. I mean, we all know that we're Knicks fans. We know the reasons why. I, I mean, we could deep dive into it another time when we have more time. But let's get uh the professor. He's still with us, Godfather. If you want to answer that as well for Nick Abakaab before we uh go around for final thoughts as so we lock, uh, sign off. Are you there, uh, Godfather? Maybe he's not there. I could be wrong. All right, maybe he's not there. Um, power after, went you know, out. To get- <laughs> <So> the power <laughs> went out
0: over a oh, poor guy. Um. So for the you know for for final thoughts, um, I, I'm I'm gonna ask everybody just to keep it you know keep it short and sweet since we're sh- short on time. The New York Knicks, you know, finally have made a deal.
3: They said, are are, you, happy about, are you happy about the deal? How you I, have you been, I, you been, you been grumpy for a month about this. Why, are you happy? I, 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 I've been grumpy
0: for about three months, um, but uh, that's neither high nor there. The fact is, that the Knicks um, made a move. They traded Cam Reddish and a protected first round pick to the Portland Trailblazers for you know for a six four shooting guard who can who, who can shoot and, and, and can rebound and can defend. Um, how that will work out is going to be because you know I now see you have a huge log jam at the at the two guard position. Um, whose minutes are, are are you eating? Since Cambrish wasn't playing at all, whose minutes is he taking? Is he taking Quickley's Grimes Barrett's? Um, are you going to McBride. You know, McBride? I mean, that's going to be you know. It's probably going to be McBride, and it's probably going to be Toppin a little bit, but Toppin's a power forward, so he kind of gets the benefit. He's the only backup that, that Julius Randle has, even though he doesn't even play his position correctly, you know, it's to, to my opinion. But Let's go to final thoughts. Dominic, please, short and sweet if you can, um, The fire away. Your final thoughts there on the trade and, um, you, know, the, you know, the week in Nation.
2: Well, we, we we called it, we got it, let's move on with it. I would not feel slighted if the Knicks started Josh Hart and had Grimes come off the bench. And this way it had more firepower to our bench. We got Grimes on the lock for a few years, guys. I don't think it would kill his morale. I don't think it would kill his psyche if he had to go back to being on the bench. Just my thought. I don't know if it'll happen. Let's see. But we got the guy I wanted. I'm happy. As always, Steve, I thank you guys, man. Let's keep up the great work, fellas.
3: Thank you, Don. Thank you. Don yeah, uh, hey, hey, yeah? or, or Nick like, you guys going to open up a, a Twitter space for after this to talk about this trade, or are we just signing off? But that's neither. Like, I mean,
2: oh, there's enough anything. of that going on, Steve.
3: There, there's man, like, man, I'm glad there,
0: there, there's, a, there's like four spaces that have just opened up on Twitter as, as we are we're signing off right now. There are four spaces I don't uh, on do that Twitter. No more, all, I don't do that anymore either.
2: Uh uh if, if if we dis if we decided to do it, me, you and Steve, yeah. But I can't deal man. with all the negativity and I can't do it.
0: All right, then we have to then then next spaces on Twitter. You have been warned. If if Azul Dominic and Ab decide that, you know which one we're going to invade, watch the fuck out. That's all I got to say. I got. Go. I got
2: some people that will join us. So. All right, run it up. I got all thought, day. Your,
0: your your final
4: thoughts, sir, and um, anything you want to plug? Well, I just want to say. Um, it was a good move. It, it's not a, a big move, but it's a subtle move that I think that will really help. Um you know, he's he's a guy that does play defense, he's a guy that that does um he's been playing efficiently on the offensive side. Hopefully this isn't the last move that we make. But uh, I, I see this as a as a positive one. I'll just um, say that.
0: Christopher was making
4: the... All right, thank you very much.
0: Mr. G, if you're still with us, give us your final thoughts there on the trade and, every, and, and, and everything going on with the
5: Knicks. Hey, I can't argue, right? That was one of the guys that I mentioned. If you're not going to use them, make the trade, man. Do something. Let's get Josh Hart, Gary Trent Jr. That's that's one of the guys I mentioned. So I'm happy with it. Let's just hope he, you know, everything works out right where he gets to get his minutes in. And as far as – um. You know whose minutes he'll be taking. I, of course, I would say somebody like McBride, and uh, I definitely agree with Dom on this. Also, I uh, uh, I wouldn't be mad at him starting. I definitely wouldn't be mad at him starting over Grimes and getting getting him to come off the bench and and bringing that like bringing that grittiness off the bench with um with IQ they 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 both can score they played defense well like that, that's a good look now it's a matter of yeah. getting the chemistry together with the team and and seeing how that rolls out
0: all right all right thank you very much mr azul unfiltered when's the next episode and your final thoughts sir
3: ooh next episode i'm probably sometime after the super bowl I definitely want to get into that Kyrie situation. I want a lot of that. But, um, yeah, listen, Josh Hart is an excellent player, man. Like, I have no issues with that trade. And to Don's point, um, I would safely say we have not gotten fleeced. That, Josh Hart is a winner. and That's one thing this, this management has kind of done. They've kind of added winners. I think Julius Randle, who hasn't won in college, to me has that grit. But, of course, Jalen Brunson has won. And it's easy to say when you have your father, who's you know, play that tempo with former guy. Nick. But uh, yeah, I mean, but Joshua, definitely, man. Um, so yeah, let's sign off, man. I mean, we have kind of pushed this. I don't want to get cut off. I'll pass it back to you, Nick Abaka. of one, one more hold up before we go. To that hold before we go. To that uh, Chris, are you still back with us, Godfather, or nah? You good? Oh. Your mic's been open. I don't think
0: he's. I think, I think he's grading papers right now. Um, but anyway, okay. um, the acquisition of Josh Hart is, it, it, I like the move, um, especially since you're really not giving too much up anyway, you're giving up Cam Reddish who you're not playing and you're giving up a, a particular first round pick, which we all, which we now know, you know, what, what they, you know, what that conveys to, um, I like the idea of Josh Hart starting, and you know, just because I I like and now like the bench with Quentin Grimes be, coming off the bench, because Grimes can play the two and the three. Quickly already plays the one and the two. I mean, yeah, that's going to cut into McBride's development a little bit into his minutes, but maybe it won't. Maybe you, you know, Thibodeau might might adjust it now that you have, you know, Camresh off this team and you can start you know, extending, you know, you know some of the rotation a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, uh, Mitchell Robinson's still out, so you're still going to be needing, um, you know, somebody to play the five, and, and you can't just leave it completely up to Jericho Sims and to Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, you know, those guys do get into foul trouble because they're big, they're lengthy, and, you know, especially in Sims' case, he's still young, so, you know, that – you know, that's an upside. So, you know, there's, you know, the floor is now open and, uh, you know, I'm just now really excited to see if Josh Hart um, plays tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't see why not. And, you know, you know, hey, you know, for those Cam Brothers fans, we wish them luck in Portland. Maybe he, maybe he, he you know, he'll get the time and the shine that you got, that you crazy bastards have all been freaking pining for and. Maybe he'll hurt. maybe he'll become a Nick killer in the future, but, I'm, you know, maybe he'll not. But until then, this is Nick Abakaev on the Fan Forum um, signing out. If you haven't done so already, please watch Orange and the Blues on Amazon Prime, still available. And um, until until next week, Lee Blue, Sangre Su all day, every day, 24-7, 365. On, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Nick Abakaev signing out.
1: A finger to the rest, here we go for the neck, it's like a finger to the rest, here we go for the neck, it's like Can you
3: dig it? Can you dig it? Can you? Bleed blue, 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 bleed blue,
1: bleed blue, bleed blue, bleed blue, bleed blue, bleed blue, bleed blue, bleed blue.